years wow. ago and it was the first it was the first job I had post-incarceration that made me believe that I could have a different life because I got to work for this big this big global company that had brown trucks everywhere. And I was like, they gave me a shot and I took it and I ran with it and it changed. And I had, I remember I had a mentor there and it was just, it just changed my life. I went there, I went to Howard University. Uh, it just really trans changed and created a sense of confidence in me. So what do you, what did you mean by post-incarceration? I was formerly, I'm formerly incarcerated. <laughs> oh, you were? Oh, I, I thought you meant because I had a, I had a regular nine to five job. That was oh, the yeah. incarcer Because, because that would apply also. <laughs> you know, some of us go home like this with the, the you know, the Hand marks on our wrists. You know? Yes. No, I was actually, I'm actually um, a formal convict, right? So, wow. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about that a little bit or no? Here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, 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 it's a beautiful day. Another fine day and another fine episode on podcasting your global career. Do me a favor and send this show to someone who may need it. Because after this episode, you will agree that this is a strong move to do so. Hey, we haven't had a coach on in a while, and I think it's about time. So this lady turns chaos into confidence. She is a chief confidence igniter. She's a transformative keynote speaker, an authentic selling alchemist, championing workplace confidence, a confident living catalyst, and a vision mastery strategist. It's time to strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today from the Music City out to Dallas, Texas to hang out with Michelle R. Baker. get people just they want to instead of holding and speaking like okay it's okay this is happening it's still going to be an awesome day it's still working in my favor amazing things are still on their way i'm still having fabulous um experience no matter what i see with my physical eyes because my mind has conceived of success and that's what most people don't do they don't take the time to conceive what success will look like, feel like, and be like, so they get stuck in the current circumstance. Wow. Are you a fan of Think, think and Grow Rich? <laughs> 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 You're saying like, what do you mean? I am. I don't need the book, right? <laughs> if I could eat it, I would, right? <laughs> I've read it so many times, I've lost count. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting I'm in a mastermind and with women and several of the women had never read it. And I was like, what do you mean you never read it? So we're reading it now and we're on the chapter for auto-suggestion. And right. that's our discussion later today, which is one of my favorite, that and persistence. But yeah, auto-suggestion is a topic that so few individuals ever even have a discussion or conceive the possibility that we get to recreate who we are which will then change our circumstances. We are speaking with Michelle Baker on podcasting your global career. And uh, it's so good to have you here, Michelle, and be discussing these things. So funny. I just came off a, um, a one month of reading 
uh, persistence, that chapter, every single day for a month. And, uh, and then I just completed uh, the book in, in its entirety for, I don't know, I don't know, it's like the probably fourth or fifth time or something, because I had read it like 20 years ago or, 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 or more. And then um, I was in a co coaching program that this came to light with everybody. And I'm like, I got to go back again. And now I've been, I've been, you know, it just doesn't leave my side. You know, it, it has such new meaning uh, because of all the past experiences I've had now. And I'm reading it with uh, from a, the eyes of a much wiser man than I was 20 years ago. You know how you get the scars and you start to learn, you know? <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. It, has, it has a new depth to it. It sure does. So I'm delighted that, uh, that we have that commonality here. And I wanted to comment to you about your website and all of the things you do as a professional speaker. Um, really exciting. And can you share with us some of the highlights or some of the best events um, that you seem to thrive in when you go to speak? Like, where are your favorite oh. sweet spots to be? Okay. So most recently this year, I did a, um, and I'll speak of two, uh, an SKO, which is sales kickoff, uh, using those acronyms. It was for UPS. They had their, um, their national sales and marketing, their annual meeting, and I was the closing keynote. And that was so fun because I get to see the agenda and I get to hear it like, and so I get to incorporate all the little bits of what was, um, you know, talked about the deliverables they're looking to create as the sales leaders and marketing leaders and just dial it home and have them be, have them have the concept that they are invincible. You are a global giant, not to mention that I actually loaded trucks for UPS Years oh, wow. ago, and it was the first. It was the first job I had post incarceration that made me believe that I could have a different life because I got to work for this big, this big global company that had brown trucks everywhere, and I was like, they gave me a shot, and I took it and I ran with it, and it changed. And I had, I remember, I had a mentor there, and it was just, it just changed my life. I went there. I went to Howard University. Uh, it just really trans changed and created a sense of confidence in me. So what do you, what did you mean by post-incarceration? I was formerly, I'm formerly incarcerated. <laughs> incarcerated. Oh, you were. Oh, I, I thought you meant, cause I had a, I had a regular nine to five job. That was <laughs> oh, the yeah. incarcer cause, cause that would apply also. <laughs> you know, some of us go home like this with the, the you know, the Can't marks on our wrists. You know? Yes. No, I was actually, I'm actually um, a formal convict, right? So, wow. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about that a little bit or no? Um, it, well, yeah, it was just one of those decisions. I was raised in a very urban area. Um, parents were divorced. There was a lot of alcoholism with, um, um, one of my mom's husbands. And there was just a lot of things that transpired in the household that just were not germane to, uh, little girls. Yeah. Right. And right. it just shredded my confidence and my self-worth. So I just, you know, went on that, you know, living in an urban area, being raised in a certain way, I just became volatile and violent and just, you know, abusive to everyone around me, which actually hurt me, which I understand now we don't hurt other people, we actually hurt ourselves. Right. Um, and the best, the blessing was that when I was 20, I was uh, incarcerated and it, I, I realized quickly that there was not a path that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, and so I went and got worked and I discovered that I was a really good worker. And from that, I started observing and I started observing that people who stayed out of jail 
had jobs. So I kept jobs. So then the next question was, well, how do you keep a job? Well, the people who keep jobs are the ones the managers generally like. Observe, why do managers like people? Well, because they're helpful. Okay, I'm going to be the best, most helpful person on the, like, so that became my determination. And that always led to, and when I tell people, it's this, the saying is cream rises to the top. And what I see happens is when you deliver excellence consistently, something has to happen for you because you can't, you can no longer exist in the normalcy of the mediocrity that we're surrounded in opportunity must find you and it always will but people keep doing mediocre basic the minimum amount of effort looking for excellence excellence yeah. looks for excellence right yeah so let me let me just something I, I, an observation if you will um when you were growing up it seems like you never had the opportunity to realize what a blessing work is until after you got incarcerated. Would that be a fair statement? Very fair statement. It felt yeah, like an so, obligation. Yeah, it felt like a chore. Yeah, so so that's the thing that, that uh, God gives us. And, and when we have mentors who come along, fortunately, that, that show us the way. Um, uh, somebody asked me about this recently, and, and they, they asked about an experience I had. And in high school, I remember this wrestling coach. He was a phys ed teacher, too. And he said to us, he said, I don't care what you do, if you're a janitor or if you're cleaning a bus station somewhere, you do the best possible job that you can in everything you do in life. And, and that stayed with me my entire life. I never forgot when he said that. And then I always strive for excellence. So my question to you, Michelle, is how did you um, ascend to the place you are now through work and through high achievement, again, in whatever menial task, it doesn't matter, you wanted to be the best that you could be. So yeah. what was the first inkling you got that, hey, this is a path that is worthy and worthwhile of, of my um, dedication? Oh, uh, great question. And thank you for asking. So um, I will say at some point I, you know, got my college degree, you know, ended up getting jobs, went from finance to sales and found myself in pharmaceutical sales and in device sales. And I owned a house and I had all of these things. I was absolutely miserable though. It was interesting. I had acquired what I thought I was supposed to do, right? I had a fiance yeah. at one point because uh, now I'm like, I got to get married and got to have kids. And I'm like, gotta, gotta, gotta. Yeah. And I realized that I, there was nothing, I wasn't doing anything that was meaningful or mattered to me. I was acquiring and achieving and obtaining and had accolades and was getting promotions and winning president's trophies. And it wasn't until I actually realized that I was still bitter and angry, right? I was, right. I was, I was only nice in pockets. Like I was actually like, I don't know if I, 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 oh, I had an incident where one of my sales managers and I felt like I was being treated unfairly and we started screaming at each other in a diner in Long Island, New York, and we were asked to leave. And I remember contacting someone and they actually had me go by right. You wouldn't even have that job because if I know you and I do know you, <laughs> I won't say who the person is, that yeah. you probably didn't check that you were formally incarcerated on that application. Right, right. You're not behaving like this is a gift. 
You're acting yeah. like they owe you something. When you interviewed, you did not tell them that if everything was roses, that you would be a good worker. You promised those people on the interview, you would be amazing. And because you have not kept your word, you are not experiencing amazing. Wow. Well, you are. You are You are a model of integrity. And and it's it's so, so funny how God uh, sends these... Um, these incidences into our lives to teach us things, you know, like, like, you know, you ever had, and I've had tons of them where I've fell on, fallen on my face and like, what the heck? What, why did I? And then it's like, Oh, well, this is why <laughs> you, you have, you, you're immature. That's why you, you, you haven't grown up, James, Kevin. Poof, poof, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and that's what happens to us, you know? So when you, when you first realize that this particular next chapter was happening to you, um, you had this epiphany, I'm sure, that said, "Oh, I got to rat- I got to ratchet this up a couple of yep. notches to yep. to really walk the walk that I yep. want to be, you know, associated, known for." So, so it was that experience, and then where along the journey um, did it take you to the next level of ascension yes. into the roles that you are having in experiencing now? Yeah, so that that experience uh, had me dial it back. I was also a leader in a women's ministry and I, you know, fell on my sword and found out that I was misbehaving there. So I started, I became, I started looking out past my feelings and looked at what the inconsistencies that I was generating and what I, as I, you know, had that, you know, come to Jesus talk, as they said, I, I decided and asked, like, you know, I've experienced so much and I really became humbled in the gratefulness of where I was and how I had done so well and was sitting there having a little tantrum. Right. And then I, I got clear that I would be people in order to be who I would be called to be everyone who came across my path will be better off for having met me i made that decision and i haven't looked back and it was hard i mean i fell on my sword so many times i apologized to people i said you know what actually i'm on a mission to be the best version of myself and be a gift to this world i don't think you got the present you don't look like you got a present right now can we redo yeah. it's amazing <laughs> how many connections how many opportunities started to be delivered because of that level of authenticity and it stopped me from caring that someone would think something and just focus on being valuable, right? Yes. Whenever you're valuable, you meet that value has to find you. And that led to promotions. And then um, as I was doing well, my sister who is disabled became iller and iller at that point or sicker and sicker. And she almost passed away. So I, I, I set a vision that I would relocate to Texas and be closer to them. And sure enough, um, got a promotion, got relocated to Austin. And as time went on, I just stepped into the role of being her aide, which I did when I had a 10 state territory and 80% travel and then her illness and her, and it was just a lot. So here she is happy. I'm miserable. And again, I go, Hey, I know you didn't mean for this to be this way. You want us both to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> what would you have me to do? And I met a woman at a, 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 in a in a lobby. We were going to this conference and um, I just thought she was stunning and she was standing there by herself. I was with my mom and we were having a blast and I just looked and I was like, I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to go give this woman a compliment. She's like, huh? I was like, we're having fun, girl, girl, right? I just feel like I'm being called to give her a compliment. It turned out she was the director of a woman's um, networking entrepreneurial group. Yeah. Went 
listen to the speaker. The speaker talked about purpose versus goals, right. vision versus goals. I remembered in that meeting that 30 odd years earlier, when I was 13, I had three businesses and I had wanted to be an entrepreneur. And the loss of the things that happened to me in the household, the, you know, becoming a difficult, you know, rebellious, <laughs> rebellion, incarceration and post-incarceration, just wanting to be good, right? Just wanting to be good. I thought that if I did this, then it would erase everything um, and just be good. And I found 30 years later, I found who I wanted to be. And I never looked back. I never looked back. I, 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 I trusted that was in November of 2013 at that meeting. Never looked back. So you you discovered that good was not good enough. Greatness no, was I in discovered your future. my I discovered that this is who I'm meant to be. And I knew it was going to be a difficult, challenging journey, 30 years of being derailed from your purpose. And I also knew that everything else that had happened in my life knew that. It would be able, I always say when God, universe, divine Buddha, whoever you want to call it, when you're giving clear runway guidance for that, success is assured. You just don't know when. Yes. People what get is, stuck um, on the when, the W-H-E-N. I tell them, don't stop until you W-I-N. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Got you. Okay. When versus when. Yeah. What is your sister's name? Daphne. Daphne. Wow. What a cool name. Um, well, I will be saying a prayer for Daphne for sure. Um, are you, your coaching clients must love you. And, um, the fact that you, you teach the esoteric, which I love and very few people do. A lot of people do teach, um, you know, the, just the basic, um, a lot of fluff things and I'm not, not pointing any disrespect at anybody, but the esoteric and the difficult subjects that are that, that people don't catch on to right away. It takes quite a bit of thought and it takes perseverance yeah. and, and determination to um, to crack the code of that. But it's what all the giants of the world uh, have done. And I love your backdrop. For those of you on the audio, Michelle has these clouds, these purple clouds with a halo, and it says, I have a dream. And we all know who said that. So um, we're in good company here today. <laughs> yes, we are. He is with us. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about some of your favorite um, coaching uh, situations where you, 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 you know, if you have a story you want to share where Oh, you got you got through to somebody or surprised that somebody you thought you lost them and you got oh them back. Oh my gosh! Sure I have so many favorites. The one thing I'm committed to is so I don't do a, as much one-on-one coaching because I do more B2B work, um, and I keep those slots open for women, especially. I've had a few men, but it's mostly women. Men call me. I love you, but it's mostly women who call. Yeah. Um, and they are generally, because my commitment and my promise is you do the work, you will have the habit of believing in yourself when we complete. Right. And yeah. I was like, what would you, what wouldn't you be able to accomplish if you believed in yourself? Right. And that's what we like. We teach people all these steps and processes. Just help people believe in themselves because they'll figure out the steps once they believe they become yeah. unstoppable once they believe. Yeah. Right. We don't have enough of that. So I remember I had one client I was brought in. Um, there was a mastermind and someone brought me in uh, as the featured speaker to talk about vision, about really creating a vision that becomes a life that comes to life for you. So you can stay on that target 
And she had been one of my clients, her and her husband, right? So she had started her little um, mastermind group and brought me in to speak. And there was a woman in her group. It was a, probably close to you know, 18, 20 women. And I'm looking at all the squares and there's one woman, her whole body is just shaking. She's just shaking. She's just like tissue. You can't even see her eyes because she's looking down and she's just wiping her eyes and blowing her nose and she's just shaking. And she finally says something. She could barely talk because she was sobbing. And I remember we got off the call and I stayed on with the uh, person who was um, the host and asked if she would be willing to give me that woman's number. I was like, and because she was a former client, she understood and she gave it. And I called the woman and she just couldn't talk to me. And I was like, finally, when she got her breath, she's like, I have a note on. I took so many notes from you. And right here it says, I need Michelle. And so we ended up talking. Turned out she was a, a mid-30s uh, Caucasian woman with two small children under five. She had relocated to an upstate place where the neighbors were had the driving distance kind of thing. And her spouse had uh, left her. Um, they had separated from her because he, and she had relocated with him because of his job, but he had left her with these two small kids because he was transitioning to be a female. Oh. And oh, so not only was there not a lot of fun support, there's no place to get work, right? Because everything yeah. is far away and she's got two small kids under five and he doesn't even have time to really help with the raising of the kids because he's got to deal with his emotional transition. Oh man. And so she, and she had never been to church. Wow. And I'm like, That's... huh? <laughs> 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 that literally was just like, yeah. Right. So with the gift I got from her and she's been a client twice, because that was six years ago and she came back to a year and a half ago and she's building a business and we did her business, built a belief for her. So then we did legacy belief. Right. But right. within two months, she had written a vision for a job and the place she was volunteering contacted her and they gave her the job plus more that she had written out. She created it. So I literally was blessed to see that there's nothing that's impossible, that he exists in everyone, everywhere, and everything. And I tell people, he is not in a book in a building. He's not. He's in everyone, everywhere, everything. And our job is to find him. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a member of the IFCC, which is the International Federation of Christian Chaplains. And somebody asked me the other day, they go, I get this a lot. Hey, where's your church? And I go, you see that car over there? I said, that's, that's my church right there. I said, I really don't need a building. I, I have a guitar with me. I have, you know, I have my writings. I have a Bible with me, if you know. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, exactly. But I'm, so I'm that, that was one of my favorites. Another one was an organization that was um, struggling with, um, their, uh, their business development people, just their employees in general. So they had me come on and I did an all, what they call an all, uh, forget, all company meeting. So it was online. Um, it was uh, doing a snowstorm. So it was like that time where we had the snowstorm a couple of years ago. So, right, we had to reschedule a bunch of stuff and I got on and it blew them away, right? They were blown away. So they immediately brought me in to do all the leaders. And right, so I did a, a you know workshop training with the leaders. Leaders are transforming. The company is growing and expanding. So just this um, year earlier, they brought me in and I did the whole I you know work with the whole company. So wow. it's that, and it was it came from me speaking for 15 minutes at their all wide their company wide meeting. 
Wow. See, these little things, they just, they, they seem to come out of nowhere, but they really don't. It's yeah. like you said, you put your, your vision out there. You put the positive thought process into work and it's not you doing the, you know, heavy work going through space and going to get this. It's you're attracting the vibration and it's coming to you, you know? Yes. Hey, Michelle. Um, and for those of you who uh, want to check out Michelle's website, it is uh, Michelle baker.com and that's m-e-s-h-e-l-l it's me shell so it's an easy one to figure out um tell me what you like to do as we're wrapping up here when you're doing downtime and you want to chill out and just take care of yourself what do you like to do oh so my favorite thing to do is crafting and sewing so i'm either i'm generally doing something where i get to to create i like to see like fabric and glue sticks and, you know, shiny paint. And I just like to create things and, and I'll do it in batches. So I'll say, oh, there's a holiday coming up like Mother's Day or something. So I'll go and I'll imagine, I love to go to the craft store and just walk around and look at what is already created and think about what's coming up in the people. And I like the spark, nice. right? Yeah. And then to create it, right? And then sometimes it doesn't go as planned and so I have to <laughs> edit or modify, but that's still fun. <laughs> I love creating. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, as we're wrapping up, um, any last thing you would like to say to people out there who um, may be interested in your services as a speaker and or a personal coach, what could you say to someone to move them over the line where they're thinking about it, but they haven't quite committed? What could you say to them, Michelle? Oh my God, what a great question. Well, um, if you're listening to me now and you're wondering if you want to have that conversation, I would say trust your gut. There's a reason why you've been prompted to think that this is a possibility, that it, have a conversation and see, let's play it out and see what it looks like. The best thing you could ever do is have a discovery call with me because no matter what, whether you work with me or whether I send you on your merry way, you will be better off for having spoken to me. My commitment to every individual that I speak with is that I will leave you better for that conversation, whatever that looks like. Even if I refer you to someone else, I still will indelibly imprint on you that the possibilities are infinite. Awesome. Michelle Baker, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on Podcasting Your Global Career. Thanks so much for being here today and imparting. I just want to wish all of God's blessing on you, your family, Daphne especially, and your career. Well, thank you, James, Kevin, Connor, for having me. And it's O'Connor. <laughs> okay. This has been such a blast. And it's always fun to have that like-minded conversation. So you have just, this is the blessing. Like, <laughs> if you guys ever get a chance to talk to him, please do. This was like a shot, a, a triple shot of espresso to the soul. Hey, if you guys like what's going on here, please leave a great review in the Apple Podcasts. I've left a simple review process in the show notes and we'd really appreciate it. And also, don't be shy. Forward this to your best friend because you know they need it. Hey, if you need some coaching, hit up the link in the show notes. It's calendly.com forward slash dharmic. And you can take a little chance with me and I'll get you on your way. That's a wrap for me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Ride on, ride on, baby, won't you take a ride with me? Ride on, ride on, we can untangle all the mystery. If wishes were wishes,
Take 